hey, welcome to Casual Yelling. We got something special for you because of the move from Substack to Patreon. Every episode of I Just Want to Talk to Friends was wiped from the server. However, I have everything saved, so they're going to be right here on Patreon for free. I'm going to upload some of the uh, old episodes that I really enjoyed, and that's about it. You're going to hear me say I just want to talk to friends, but just keep in mind this is a rebrand, so it's under casual yelling. All of these episodes have previously been put up on Substack under the I Just Want to Talk to Friends banner. So if you were a fan of that and had already listened to these episodes, you're going to hear the same stuff. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep all the stuff I like on the new website. That's it. Thank you for subscribing or not. I don't know what you do. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks. The year was, I don't remember. Somewhere along the lines of 2007, 2008, I was a student at Columbia College in Chicago and my sister also a student at Columbia uh, College, Chicago, told me she was in class with a wrestler named Matt. Uh, He was training to be a wrestler, and then a few years later, I saw him on NXT. We had been friends on Facebook for a little while, and then not friends because I deleted Facebook. And I really enjoyed the character of Aiden English. Uh, This is Matt Raywald we're talking about. And... It made me a fan of NXT because NXT during this time was such a a cool place of experimentation and trying to figure things out, and it really was a developmental brand during this time period, not a third brand like it is now. So when I was hosting the Comic Vine podcast called The Endless Promo with Corey Schrader, this was before, a few years before WrestleBuddies became a thing, I reached out to Matt and said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And he responded, no, because... At that time, I didn't know the proper channels for getting a wrestler on your podcast. Spoiler alert, you go through PR. Now, years later, after the Endless promo, after WrestleBuddies, after me at GameSpot, Matt and I reconnected uh, online and through Twitch, and now he's on our show. I say our because you're part of the family of I Just Want to Talk to Friends as well, so please enjoy this episode with the Drama King. TNA commentator, announcer, and Twitch guy, Matt Raywald. Hey, we did it. Welcome to I Just Want to Talk to Friends, a show about existential crisis and trauma and grief. Wow. Yep, I always love seeing the look on the person in the reader's <laughs> face when I say that out loud. I'm Matt Elfring. Uh, with me today is uh, someone I admired uh, on television. Uh, someone who I think graduated college with me at the same time. And someone who, we, yeah, we'll get into it. Yes. And uh, someone who is now just having fun on the internet, and I think that's fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Drama King Matt Raywolf. How are you, sir? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? hanging in there having a great time just having yeah fun. i mean um hanging in there and you know with just how fair said you're on a couple bouts of uh, the old vid <laughs> so you're you truly are hanging in there and i, I, I applaud there. you yeah yeah uh about four with covid Oof. wasn't as bad as the first time before the vaccine where i was out six weeks see all right it, i know all of this sucks but to be fair now i mean you're here you're talking yes. to me you're you're undefeated against covid uh, pretty much. 
technically. The, the, I mean, you're if you're still standing there, I would imagine it's it's gravity or its measure of of success would be to destroy its host. Yes. So yeah. if you're still here, you you're like the Undertaker against COVID. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. COVID's you your mania, wanna, bro. If you ever want to hear me full blown pre vaccine with COVID, um, the podcast I did with GameSpot Wrestle Buddies. I think it's like episode two. We interviewed Dalton Castle, and mm. I am full blown just like, hey, we're having a good conversation. It's the best. Really good interview. <laughs> uh, here's the thing: I don't think we've we've never met in real life. Right. I may have interviewed you once when I was at GameSpot. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But we did go to college together. Kind of. Right. So like, so you're a Columbia guy. I'm Columbia. Yeah. And then what year did you graduate? I finished school in 2007, but I didn't walk until 2008. So I finished 2010. Oh, okay. Okay. So we, 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 we were crossing and there's, I went, yeah, I went 06 to 2010. Yes. Uh, you were, you, I remember so. you were in a class with my sister and okay. uh, my sister would sh- like, sent me to your Facebook. like, Hey, this is like Matt. He's in a class with me and he wants to be a wrestler. I'm like, Oh, that's like cool like awesome I oh that's uh i was trying to jess right yes yeah yes yeah. yes 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 that's right i remember absolutely yeah. and then like it was like two years later i think like you were just on nxt you were on my television maybe three years i mean it was probably i mean i finished college in 2010 uh then went to train in florida just uh, off of off of women and just wanted to try it and then came back to chicago and then was signed by 2012, but I probably didn't pop up on NXT till 2013. Yeah. I, here's a really important question that relates to you. Uh, when you graduated, who was the speaker? Who oh, was like the famous speaker? I was literally thinking about this the other day. We act, he's one, he's in, he was, I think he was an actor and or comedian. And it, this is going to bug the crap out of me because I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember it being one of those like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, yeah. no, I'm not like some big fan of him. Oh, I, <laughs> we'll keep talking. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. But keep, we'll keep talking. I can yeah. multitask. Uh, mine's gonna make you jealous. We had Earth, yes, Wind, and Fire. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. They played Shining Star for us. And they performed. They didn't just like yo, you kids have like a great graduation. Yeah. Blah, blah. They actually performed too. They That's performed cool. Shining Star, and it was I think like the only time in college I was super happy. <laughs> that is actually really cool. Who was um, yours? I'm trying to, I'm trying to oh, find that Oh, you're still looking out. that up. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm old. I can't, I'm like, where's the button for the thing? You know what? I can't, it won't let me hit enter. Uh, do I hit it harder? Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, do it telling me I'm not supposed to do it. Um, oh, the commencement program. Look at that. Isn't that funny how the internet You have works? that on your phone? Well, no, or is the, that just on the- that's the first link that comes up. I said 2010 Columbia oh, okay. College Chicago commencement. And it has the full program. Ah, Robert Klein. Robert, the actor. Robert Klein. Yeah, he's if you look if you look him up real quick, you'd be like, oh, that guy who I've seen him in like bit parts in comedies and stuff. Oh like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's what I mean. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It wasn't like some mind-blowing thing, but I was like, oh, that's it's kind of cool. I've seen him in a, a bunch yeah. of stuff. Like yeah. I bet both of my sisters and I graduated from Columbia, all three of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember like uh my sister Adrian had who was it? Dion Warwick. Okay. And like, I was like, cool. I like, I know Dionne Warwick. It's not particularly something I don't listen to her music or whatever. Sure, same. I was like, that's interesting. And I was expecting like 
for me, a level of Dion Warwick excitement. Like, yeah. And then we get there, and the basis from Earth, Wind, and Fire like walks up. I'm like, hold on a second. Like this guy looks familiar. And then a few other members of the band walk up, and I'm losing my mind at that point. <laughs> like I'm the only guy in the film department. Like you guys have no idea like who this is. They're gonna they're gonna kill it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Good on Columbia. A couple of couple of good yeah. couple of good commencement speakers. There was some good concerts, like in the at least in the film department and like the first level, we had uh Catch Twenty Two play a couple times, which was oh, that's like, cool. Really nice. Like that was a, yeah, it was a good college. I liked it. Yeah, I I agree. I had a great time. Yeah, and then you trans- transitioned yourself from acting into acting. I mean, the, I did one at, at the time. I literally did one because of the other. Yes, that was a little. That was that was kind of the plan. Was I wanted to wrestle, um, and I was like that. And when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, that was the end all be all. But my parents, one thing was just go. Please just go to college. That's all we ask. Just go to yeah. college. I don't care what for. Just go. Get a piece of paper that said this. Back at the time when, which I feel like has changed a little bit of uh, how important a degree is, right, yes. and everything like that. And that so that that was their point. It's just like. So if it, if by chance we believe it, like they were very cool, we believe in you, follow your dreams, all stuff. But if, if all fails, you have something that says, I went to school for four years beyond high school. Like yes. I can, I can work on things. Right. So, so I got a theater degree, <laughs> the, the most God worthless piece of a hundred and something thousand dollars probably uh, ever to exist in the history of mankind. But, um, but yeah, so uh, with the idea of like, all right, I want to wrestle. I'm like, whatever I'm doing in these next few years, I want it to play into that. So like that, and that's also between high school and going into college, I started getting to like working out and getting in shape. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's even why I focused when I was doing the theater department, doing stage combat, I was like, well, I'll, any little tip or trick I can pull from here. I know it's different things, but it's, it's falling down and it's faking, yeah. you know, it's a faux fight. It's theatrical combat to to woo an audience so i was like even though they're very different i'm like if there's anything that can cross over and there ended up being a lot of things that would cross over uh to help out in um in in wrestling down the line when i'm pursuing that like let's let's do it so that that was the reason that i tried out for my first play uh my senior year of high school because it was like well okay i'll get a start on this because i was going to go to a school for screenwriting that's what i did yeah that's originally what i wanted to do i want i wanted to be because I thought I was, I thought I was a good writer as a kid. And I think I was, I just don't know that I had the discipline to do it for a living. Yeah. Like, man, that is, that is another, I have the discipline to do a lot of different things. The discipline to sit down and write, like, you know, all about it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's different. Like you, I mean, it's, it's a, especially with creative writing because it's, it's this, and I guess it's true of like all arts in a way, but to have that idea of like, this is both a craft and a skill as well as like an art. Cause mm-hmm. there's so many people who struggle with that. Like, well, art, you're so, I need to be inspired to, to do X, Y, Z. And, but I'm like, sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. And like, cause I mean, cause sometimes you just have to work on it. You just have to write. It may not be your best thing ever. Like sometimes you just need to be in the habit. You can't wait six years for like, that's the idea. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Painters that you just got to paint. Maybe 90% of it'll be shit, yeah. but like, that's how you'll find your masterpiece. That's how you find your, I mean, I guess the closest thing we could, I can think to do it is almost like doing indies on the rest and something doing yeah. every, every, like 
you're gonna try some stuff out man you just you just got to keep working you can't just like hope that the best thing ever will just pop up and and happen uh one day so yeah yeah it, it, it's it's very cool but yeah once once i tried out for that first play though that's when i after a friend was like yeah, just try this like we always have fun together and like you you like kind of like acting out and performing stuff so like just try out for the play and i was like okay and i got the lead really in, in my first ever play uh i think solely because i could do for a 17 18 year old mind mm. you in, in suburban illinois I could do a passable Irish dialect. Oh no, you have to do it now because I know it's well, been years. It, ha- it has been a while. Well, because my gr- so it was helped because my grandpa and grandma on my mom's side who were uh, immigrant from Ireland, off the boat okay. from Ireland in the I think they came over in the fifties, maybe late forties, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So then they eventually, by the time I was in like middle school. And they were getting older. We they moved in with us, so like I, I was here and we visited them often. But then we were living with them, and so like I, I grew up with that. And so the 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 play was actually a really interesting play, um, especially for high schoolers because there's a lot of subtlety to it. It's called Translations, okay, and it's all about the British coming into Ireland and forcing them to speak English after uh, because what people don't know, most people have heard of Gaelic. Yeah, I know, but Gaelic. there's an there's an entire no, I, it's Irish. It's not okay. Gaelic is a form of Irish, but Irish is its own unique language. And that's what they spoke until the English came across the channel and, and poked him with spears and whatnot and, and, ma- and made them speak the Kings. So, but it's all, it's all about that. We're like, I'm, I'm, I was a Irish translator who moved to England and now they were bringing me in to try to like communicate with my old village and your old family. Yeah. Um, to try to get them to kind of, cooperate with these guys or they're going to kill you and of course you have like the rebellious ones who are like no and you try to save them from getting themselves killed and it's actually really interesting uh little play but hey editor matt here and there's no way to transition this whatsoever during the recording of this episode in which i told my parents don't stop by my house during this time i'm going to be talking to somebody they stopped by uh like 15 minutes into the recording and to drop something off and pick something up. And and just, there's no way to transition between what Matt was saying and where the conversation heads without saying like, hey, this is what happened. I cut like three minutes of audio out. Let's just jump right back in. So just, a, <laughs> what's so weird? <laughs> Thanks, mom. My mom just walking into the place like she owns it. I mean, like... <laughs> She kind She's of like half a, she owns you in a weird way, in a weird kind of twisted way. That's, that's yeah. how I think of family. It's really healthy. Um, <laughs> you know, my parents own me. To say, I'm constant in constant debt because you know family's transactional. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but, anyway, well, if for anybody listening, I I, I said that because it's funny. I actually have a really good relationship with my family. I'm very very grateful and thankful, but. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I know we're, I mean, we're probably going to tread ground. You've talked about 8 billion times. Sure. That's fine. But I mean, that's, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, I want to talk about the first time I ever, I, I noticed you aside from uh, that sounds super stalky. I like but, uh, the first time I noticed you. <laughs> hey, 
Uh, I was super into, into NXT. Uh, I think it was Bo Dallas that got me very, very into it. Hell the, yeah. The cocky heel like champion who wants cookies and refuses. Yeah. Bo Leave, baby. Oh, I still had my Bo Leave shirt. I saw you come out and sing your own entrance music. And I was like, this guy's got it. Like, uh, before you said anything, I'm like, this dude understands wrestling. Like, when NXT was more, I'd say, developmental than a third brand at that sure. point. Can you tell me about the idea of singing your own entrance? I mean, it it, it was it was different. I knew it, <laughs> I knew it was going to be different. So, like in my whole thing, I I had tried in FCW, then turning into NXT, tried kind of pitching different things here and there. Um, but the one I had always kind of leaned on. Because I'm like, I don't know anybody else who's done this. There are people who have done similar things. There's a lot of examples of the, you know, the highfalutin character, the kind mm. of pretentious guy with, you know, your um, Lanny Poffos, your Damien Sandows, uh, stuff like that. A lot of people, whether it's intelligence they're touting or, or their talent or whatever, there's a lot of that. But I'm like, I, I the angle I wanted to go, which I knew was different, was I'm like, well, I'm like, I have this theater background. I'm a theater, theater geek. I'm like, wrestling is theater there's that whole aspect of it and then i was gonna try to play it didn't we never really full-on went this route but my inspiration kind of for the presentation on screen and everything was which is so stupid looking at it i love it i, I love it even more now uh because this is at the time the rock had kind of moved on to hollywood yeah right so it's like, like i said like 2012 2013 uh had made his a couple of appearances but was kind of like gone 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 and even Cena was starting to do a little bit of that himself. Yeah. And there, there's a little bit of resentment there from wrestling fans from, you know, some of the, the big names are like, oh, they, they use this and then they go a stepping stone kind of thing. And so I was like, what if we had a character who came out and blatantly was telling you, I'm using this as a stepping stone. <laughs> yeah. But for me to go to Broadway was going to be my yes. thing of like, yeah. <laughs> Like this is how I'm gonna get to Broadway is fighting people in spandex, like not um, not working at it not, and going to New York City. <laughs> no, and 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 not like hey, like this is TV, so I'm gonna jump to like to net television or movies or anything, which is makes sense. It was like this is the most backwards way to go to like uh, to do theater. It's I, I thought it was just kind of funny and absurd. So yeah, so that was I'm like hot and so how I was really trying to like. Because I, I wanted to be careful about because wrestling with especially with WWE with gimmicks and everything, there's a big problem with pigeonholing. Yeah, I did. I did end up falling into that eventually. I'd find, but to be fair, at the beginning, so I kept trying to like kind of half-ass that character. Mm -hmm. I would do promos on promo day and like change my gear up a little bit, but it would still be very. I still tried to keep it like tough guy wrestler a little bit, right? But okay, yeah. like I'm in all black gear, but maybe I have the little theater mask, like 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 that big on the side of my tights you know something like that <laughs> yeah. or like okay i have like this not a scarf but it's like this one and and i think it was Corey graves actually who at the time was still wrestling and everything and i think was just like dude if you're gonna do it you have to do it you have yeah. like get, he's like get the beret get the scarf get the get the director's chair like get the get the clapper like kind of all all this stuff like roses all all that stuff. So he's like you you gotta just lean in because otherwise he's like that's it's wrestling at the end of the day. And like, it is very base and like, you kind of have to like spoon feed people sometimes, yeah. but it goes, but people will get it. And so that's when I lean and I started wearing, I like, I had like velvet tights made. Yes. And like, <laughs> I got the, uh, cr yeah, crushed velvet and I, which I still have. 
but I got I got the beret, I got the scarf. I did end up getting a custom director's chair thing. Um, and I was like, what? Because I'm like, what's this guy gonna come out to? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I remember listening through like the Muzak like track thing that they had um in the library, and I'm like, of course, there's about eighteen thousand versions of something akin to you know just rock and rock and roll guitar number 42 you know what i mean so i'm like definitely not that they had some like string stuff but it was like we, like weird beats so i'm like none of this really feels like good entrance so i'm like again am i gonna stand out I'm like what if i just did it myself and um i i wanted to do specifically parodies of famous musical numbers mm-hmm. and so that's what i did and uh it was a lot of fun but it the, the tough part was though uh having to come up with a new one each time yes <laughs> i was like oh god i was like and after it kind of took off i'm like every time i gotta come up with something new and that's when i started kind of doing i stopped doing parodies after because i'm like i will run out of a of the catalog like eventually yeah. Um, so I kind of just started generically like singing words on my way to the ring kind of thing, like just general generic tunes that it just kind of carried through and ending with the WWE thing. But um, it's funny. I, I think I was good yes, because I believe I felt no, no, not good at singing. I was terrible at singing. <laughs> no, you were good at singing. No, <laughs> I was not. I'm still you not. Fine. I, 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 no, I was not. I sh- go back and listen to that shit. I oh, tell this I, I'm living through nostalgia and rose colored glasses. Oh, yeah. dude, I am the perfect example of anyone will believe anything if you tell them it enough. Wrestling does that so well. Yeah. The number of guys, usually, luckily, they are very good at back it up, but who tell you they're the best in the world? And that's not a shot at him. There's just a bunch of people like, if you say it enough on TV, the audience eventually goes, yeah. He's the best in the world. You don't have to wrestle one time, but if you say it, if that's your becomes your catchphrase, that becomes the thing you say every single week. People, that's that's your persona, and then people yeah. are like, "Yeah, that guy's the best. He's the dude. He's the best." Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I told everybody I was a trained singer. I was not. I never did a musical. I never. No, sorry, I did one musical where I was playing a non-singing part, <laughs> <laughs> and I had two lines. Um. So yeah, no, I'm not like, I'm not the worst thing you would. Uh, ever i can kind of carry a tune but i always tell people is dude you were so good i'm like no i wasn't thank you for saying the nice thing i wasn't but i convinced you that i was and i take that as a compliment uh because listen to me and then put josh groban next to me and that like bro, that's, that's an unfair comparison but that's a really good singer if you're gonna yeah. tell me wow you're a really good singer okay all right I, I mean he's an amazing singer i guess he's like another level but still like go listen to anyone on the voice i don't know man like there there's a big you were a fine singer and and i say that as an old like really bad punk singer from like the late 90s and early 2000s you were you were fine and it worked with the character and made the character better sure exactly and i uh, the biggest thing i can fake a vibrato i do it i do the half-assed way you are not supposed to do it but now my body is so damn trained in it i couldn't do it if you're not it's literally for those who don't know you're it's a vibrato that kind of shaky thing mm. comes from airflow that like when you're singing you're expelling air in the, with the proper breath control and it causes your whatever the the palate or whatever it is to kind of vibrate and it gives you a little timbre in there 
could never do that again i'm not a trained singer <laughs> um so i literally stress my throat and hold it like and kind of like <laughs> with my like diaphragm <laughs> and um when i get enough when i get a good enough breath i can hold it out and it sounds passable but it's not real singing so it's I, I it's know. real to me Dim. I, I i know wrestling was all real until i just broke the the fourth wall with that thing about my fake vibrato i know i know uh, that the was other the... wrestlers i've had on have broken the fourth wall like 20 <laughs> times it's of course you you have to and and you were coming up on NXT where like I consider that the Wild West where it was all like Juice Robinson was CJ Parker, a guy mm-hmm. who loves the planet. You know, Leo Kruger was out there who was essentially Craven the Hunter from Spider-Man. You're you're coming out during a time when everyone's gimmicks are so loud. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yep, absolutely. And you're still standing out to me, which was fantastic. Like, how did that feel for you kind of? Being in that spotlight when you're you're surrounded by such grand personalities. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I credit a lot of that to, I mean, Hunter, of course, was guiding, Hunter, Triple H was guiding that whole thing. But Dusty Rhodes, man, was was bigger than that. They, as you can see by who was on TV, they, it was, dude, colorful characters. They yes. wanted characters. They wanted to try to return to that a little bit. And so, like, we, yeah, everybody embraced it. Yeah, C.J. Parker saving the planet, Tyler Breeze. The male oh, yeah. model, you know, another another trope we've seen before, but he did it so damn well. The Ascension, especially the early Ascension, were so cool and, like, ominous and wild presentation. So many, yeah, Leo Kruger, who is, oh, God. You, so they only, good. They only scratched the surface of that character, too. Yeah. I can't believe, like, Adam Rose was fun for a, a second, but holy crap, his his Hunter character thing. It's it was scary, like legitimately scary. And you didn't see half the promo. Like we would cut just on like in like in our training and our classes on a weekly yeah. basis. Like, dude, like everyone's like sitting there, like, like just on their edge of their seat. Like he's just him and him in like this dim spotlight, pulling at his hair, like talking about how it was like he was abandoned in the woods and like his mother murdered in front of him and all this. It, it, saying it with conviction and believability that it was just like. Dude, I don't know. Huge, huge, huge misboat thing there with him. But yeah, so many, so many loud. Interesting. That, and that's a part of why I knew I'm like, I can't just do a half-assed version. Oh, of yeah. This. In addition, you, know, you got to go all the way. And that's, that is what got, that is what got me on TV. And there was a lot of people who, who said they were like, when it, when it happened, Regal absolutely loved it. I remember Alex Riley telling me at the time that he absolutely loved it. And a lot of people have been like, Vince will love this is what they would, is what I heard a lot. Um, and I, and I do wish I would have gotten a chance to maybe, I, I don't, I don't dislike the fact that I stayed down there longer and ended up doing the tag team thing, but I, I would have loved to see what I could have done if I would have been maybe then brought up prior to that with the Aiden English character, with the drama King character kind yeah. of thing, doing what I was doing down there and like maybe getting a little bit of a proper, like similar kind of thing, but doing that on raw, like yeah. before, before I they threw us out there as, as the as the vaude villains, and it very much sunk. And uh, so then, by the time I got a chance to do it on my own, I was already kind of in the boss's mind, a, a less than quantity. So, like, but it would it would have been fun to see what could have happened if I would have been able to kind of debut on the main roster with that presentation. But it was it was yeah, it was a cool that time that whole time in NXT that 2013, 14, 15, 16 was 
That was very, very cool. Yeah. It, it was, it was such a weird thing. It was like a, it was like a punk rock thing, but corporate because we're yeah. all, we're, we're under the same flag as, as the WWE, but there is this feeling, especially, and I credit a lot of to guys like, like Sami Zayn, like Kevin Owens, who came in with the, with the reputation on the independence they had, but then were working with all of us and loved working with all of us and like making it feel like he, I would talk to him all the time about how like, this is, yeah, this is, we're always trying to give our, we all work for the same company. So of course, same goals and everything, but we're also trying to give our little FUs to the main roster, especially when we started doing takeovers and stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit of, there was, and you know what? I'll give Hunter a lot of credit to do that too. He gave a lot of, um, he wanted that. He wanted yeah. that environment. He wanted, I remember multiple takeovers where he, especially when we started doing them like the Saturday before, like the night before, yes. some usually in the same building. And it'd be like, make those motherfuckers follow that. He's yeah. like, make, make them nervous. He's like, I'm running, he's, I'm helping run that show tomorrow. He's like, but I want you to make them step their game up kind of thing. And, uh, and we, we did that a lot, which was, it was a really, really, really cool time. Really great camaraderie there too. Yeah. There was a, there was a few manias that I had to go cover for work and we'd go to the NXT show the night before and like, we get to watch it as fans and I wouldn't have to be there like typing away in a press box. And it was during that time, so enjoyable to watch just like, here's dudes I love from the independent scene or dudes and women, I should say, I love from the independent scene. You know, here's people that were brought up in the NXT system that are fantastic. You get this amazing clash of worlds. And I liked the matches better than I did in WrestleMania because I'm a person that came up during like, you know, Hulk Hogan and new generation, which people don't look fondly back on, but like, that's what I love from wrestling. I love big pompous characters. I like larger than life characters. Wrestling is great, but I'm a story and character guy. There's something for wrestling in everybody, you know? So yeah. seeing you all in NXT during that time, I was like, this is what, this is wrestling for me, a type of person like me. So yeah. thank you. No, oh, stop it. Just no. thank you to you. Yeah, just no it was else. all me. Um, yeah, no, that 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 whole time was like I said, it, it was a, looking back on it at the time we knew it, thank thankfully we did we did know about it. We kind of we could feel we could feel all that. But the one thing about that that I wish and I do actually literally I do think it's changed today a little bit. And I think COVID actually did have a lot to do with it as well. The way that whole thing NXT was booked and worked is what made it great. And I, not even just like story. Because here's the thing. Stories are good and bad. And that, that goes for like the main roster and stuff too. Sometimes you, you have this incredible bloodline streak and then sometimes it's five months of like just okay, generic number one contender title yeah. match. Number one You contender. know what's coming. It's, it's right. So like it's not even that. We did have great stories but it, more so because one of the big I that I always saw when we would do those shows, we'd always piggyback off of Mania. We'd piggyback off of usually the big four, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. And one thing that we always heard and that we could always see, and I was just talking about this on a stream of mine the other day, is those NXT shows were booked and timed so perfectly. They were less than three hours. And they usually had less than eight matches. Usually yes. it was six, maybe seven. So everybody got time, but the show never dragged. Yeah. So everything felt important. Everything felt good. It was it, it told what it needed to do and everything. Whereas the WWE, especially on the big shows on the main roster, felt very bloated. And yeah. a lot of that is because is like a logistical thing 
which I totally get. And actually, I appreciate WWE for doing this because it caused me to be on a few extra shows, especially those big ones. Man, like they're trying to get everybody a payday. Yeah. Because when you, a lot of people who, when the, the contracts change and they get paid per event they're on kind of thing. And so like, if you're not on SummerSlam, you miss out on a potentially big payday. Even mm-hmm. even with all those people on the show, with, with the amount of money that show makes, it, it's a nice little bonus usually if you're on one of those big four. So like, that's why the Andre Battle Royal existed. So they just get everybody yeah. in a match. You can make a little extra, you know, that uh, as opposed but in nxt which we did have a little bit of a gripe with because when we started like selling out barclays center and like selling crap loads of merch but we weren't getting any more money we, we did have a little bit of a gripe but i will say the positive of the way that all worked was nobody was like oh, shoot if i'm not i'm the next takeover like i'm sorry like, i'm screwed i'm missing out on five thousand ten thousand dollars no you're you're all on the deal you're on and we're all just trying to put on the best damn shows yeah. we can kind of thing um but like yeah so like SummerSlam, they'd have like 12 matches on sometimes like oh yeah because they, they know like oh wait shoot we don't have anything for cesaro okay we got to get him and like seamus seamus is knocking on the door he needs to be in a match okay so they juggle with that a lot their roster is much bigger and yes. all that so i so i did sympathize with that i'm like i know everybody's talking about like, man nxt is so much better and we were but <laughs> logistically that man that was it was a nightmare for wwe trying to get like especially on those big shows everybody i i don't i can't count the number of like again and i'm grateful like random eight man 12 man tags i got thrown on like pay-per-view pre-shows which again i appreciate again for the, the extra extra booking the extra payday but like it didn't need to be there like from a from a storytelling event standard it didn't need to be there but they yeah. but they would often try to get guys booked just to, you know, to get them that extra payday so um that that logistical nightmare that that we didn't have to worry about but it it let us tell those stories man and everything like i said everything felt special as opposed to just like we gotta cram everything into this big event like every takeover was like was special and stuff like that i know you've covered talking to people about wrestling eight million (laughs) eight because when you're in the you know the spotlight of wwe and you end up like out of wwe that's all anybody wants to talk about i'm Out, out of the way, out of the way. The real <laughs> question for you is, I suggested in your Twitch stream a video to watch, which was Kota Ibushi versus Yoshihiko at DDT Pro. Did you watch that yet? Um, We watched, oh God, we watched a Kota match. Versus a blow-up doll. I was like, this is the blow, okay, we yeah. watched a different, no, 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 no. What? It, I've seen that match. We didn't watch that one on stream. I've seen the blow up doll match. Okay. We watched a guy wrestle a mascot from DDT <laughs> um, as well. So no, but I have seen, I've seen the Ibushi match. Yes. Okay. What about uh, the invisible man versus the invisible Stan and the referee was Bryce. Redford. GCW. Yes. So I actually, um, I'm not going to out anybody in particular. I did have, I ended up getting, are you telling argue- me it's not real? The no. <laughs> invisible people didn't wrestle. So, for the record, if you haven't seen it, I believe it's a GCW event. It's GCW, right? yeah. Yeah. 100%, if you're a fan of it, go check it out. It is fantastic. It is entertaining as hell. And I'm a big fan of uh, of Bryce and everything like that. I think I think yeah. he's very good at what he does. But I did have an argument with someone. Okay. Because there, there was someone who, and they wouldn't give, and it kind of made me mad because they wouldn't give up on it. And um they were like, this is this is a match they should show to up and coming referees to show them how to referee. 
He's like, well, because there's no other, nothing, no one else in the ring, you're really seeing what he's doing. And he's, it's kind of over-exaggerated. So you see, I'm like, yes, but that's the kind of like the problem. I, and, and like, I felt so bad. I'm like, this match is so fucking entertaining. Mm-hmm. But in a regular, but it's not a regular match. It, no, it is you can't a, it, have Bryce doing that stuff in a regular match. Yes, and that's what my whole point. I'm like, this would not be good because I don't want my ref, my ref in a match where it's me and so and so for a championship, like putting on and going and like jumping. Oh, like home. I, I, I love the referees. Subtle the referees are to me are almost kind of like a little bit like we are as commentators too. Like they're the baseline of the song, right? Like they're needed there. They're an important part. I want to, but it's like, but we don't, we're not paying attention to them. Usually we're paying attention to the lead singer, the guitar player. Those are the yes. wrestlers, right? They're, they're the ones giving us the bells and whistles. But if you took the referee away, much like if you take a commentator away, you're, you are going like, wait, there's something missing here. This, it feels less full. It feels less, but you're not, but it's not the star of the show. That's exactly. what I feel about. Like, it's so important. It's so necessary, but it's not, it's not the focal point. So no, you don't want your referees being like, holy crap, they, they hit a power mountain. No, but you want them reacting. You want them being there for the guy playing that role. So that my whole point with that was, I mean, it's a fantastic match. It is a fantastic piece of entertainment. All the little clever spots they did with the guy diving off the balcony and the cru- Bryce just going like, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, don't do it. That's what I'm saying. And I've seen, and I've seen Bryce on like AEW. He's fantastic as a straight referee as well. But yeah, no, that match is absolutely, um, that's, it's one of those things. And I actually, interestingly enough, I had a, I had a match recently that caused a lot of people to get very upset in a, in a similar mindset. And cause wrestling is a, it's such a funny little art form. Yes. Because be, and because it does involve very physical, very athletic things, um, that are very hard hitting. There, I think there's a lot of people who dig down and dig their heels in on what wrestling should be kind of thing. This is my um, answer to that. Because <laughs> here's the thing. And like, it's not a sport. It's not a sport. Yeah. It's not a sport. I'm sorry. It, it's sport. It has elements of sport. All this stuff, like all that. I kind of, one of my big, biggest arguments I used to have too with people was like, it's pro wrestling, not sports entertainment. And my thing was, it's the same thing. And yeah. I'm like, Vince McMahon, as flawed and many things there are about him, that was a genius fucking term that yeah. he coined. That is a genius, because that is exactly what it is. It's sports-related entertainment. Because yes. it is, it's entertainment. It's a show. that is. Pre- we are not physically competing to hurt the other guy. We're not literally trying to pin their shoulders to the mat like we're not this is this is a show you know what i mean so it is not a sport a sport requires an a, a legitimate competition that people are doing with within the rules to beat the other team person etc yeah like it, it is a legitimate con- this is not that this is performance art yes any any way you shake a stick at it pro wrestling is performance art it's a one of if not the most physical form of it and you need to be incredibly athletic to do it even at a base level, but it is an art. It is a performance art. So in that, in that regard it's very much interpretive, but to see people that people will watch matches like that and poo poo it very much. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny to see for me when people pick and choose to do that. Yes. Cause some people seem to be like, they're like, 
they love when so-and-so does that they might love because it's gcw and they, yeah. they have they have kind of this really cool rep going right now they've, they've built up this great um momentum so there's people like that yeah, well yeah that, that's hilarious uh, wrestling wrestling is fun wrestling is everything but if this promotion does it this is a disgrace like uh, you you call that pro wrestling it it, it blows my mind because I, I recently had a match that i'm incredibly proud of mm-hmm. uh over at progress wrestling in the uk that we we very much took the performance art aspect of it to to heart and a clip got shared of it and it was it was one of the more if you didn't know what was going on uh yes clips of people <laughs> like what is it but people decided to just trash and trade like this is why this company sucks this is an embarrassment to wrestling you should be embarrassed of yourselves this, you should be ashamed of yourselves for calling yourself wrestlers and all this stuff like that and i i just i went through a lot of emotions because at first I've, I've been dealing with this for over a decade so it was bada bing bada boom then i then in, you know, they kept piling on and there's, there, there's that little party. It's like, do we go too far? Yeah. Right. And then, and then I finally reel back and I was like, no, of course not. And then these are all the same MFers who, uh, when, when Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and Jushin Thunder Liger, all people who I love and respect were in companies like PWG and sticking their thumbs up each other's butts because it was <laughs> a fun and ridiculous spot. And it that made the crowd, that crowd go wild because they're playing with this idea of what wrestling is. Those same people loved that. But now when I'm doing it, it's an embarrassment and it's a shame. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it makes me laugh almost more than anything because, um, but here's my biggest thing. It's, mm-hmm. I didn't mean for this to turn into a diatribe about like the concept of wrestling. I think there is a fine line of like, cause I do see also a lot of people who like wrestling is supposed to be fun yeah. and it, and a hundred percent is, I do think there are some people who take that too lightly and, mm-hmm. or like that make like, Oh, well I can just do whatever I want and like make it like it, like pardon my language, make it like a little jerk off. And I don't like that because I am, you can be as ridiculous as you goddamn want to be. It can be the most absurd thing, but you have to commit to it. Yes. There's so many people I think who like half-ass these interesting ideas, like, oh, wrestling is supposed to be fun, so I can just do this and tell people to do this, and like, oh, I'm gonna not sell this thing and everything. But I'm like, but why are you doing that? Yeah. If it makes sense, if you if you if you're telling me, fine. Like one of my favorite examples, one of the most absurd. I think I first saw it in Chikara, slow motion button. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right? But okay, fine. You're the, I need to accept in this universe that's playing out in front of me right now that Red Ant number two or whatever that has a remote that can make everyone go slow-mo. Yeah. And if everybody commits to it, fine. It's ridiculous. It's absurdist. It's over the top. But we're we're playing all within those rules now. Yes. And everybody plays along and everybody does it. And then when they do it, they go back and then maybe we hit it again. Like that, that's fine. It's that's, and what I mean is some people just get, and then get lazy and are just like, Oh, I don't, I'm just going to not sell this. Or I'm just going to do this. Like, like just do this thing like this because eh, it's supposed to be fun. So who cares if I, if I don't, if I don't, uh, especially like, yeah, selling this, this move or this, this angle or whatever. What if I just laugh up, laugh this off and, uh, throw a crappy punch here or there or whatever it is. Like it's not have wrestling being fun. is not an excuse to be lazy or anything like that. I think it just, it's, it's a reason that you can, it's an interpretive art. 
but you yes. got to commit to whatever you're doing. And you can just tell me that story, make it, make it all fit within whatever little universe you're trying to, you're trying to do. So that that's my rant about wrestling is performance art. Here's my rant from the fan side of things. Uh, it's too tribalistic because yes. people are just like, uh, I'm only AEW. I'm only WWE. I'm only TNA. Uh, but wrestling is so much broader than those little boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Chikar. We talked about GCW. DDT Pro is one of my favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Japan, Kaiju Big Battle. Like, there is something for everyone within wrestling. It's not just WWE. There, yeah. there is, it is such a large genre of birth- athleticism, I, mm-hmm. I guess we can say that I get so upset when people are like, well, I stick to this company because it's my brand. I'm like, it, there, there's so many. The, the three main companies, WWE, WTNA, all do very broad things. I remember, what was it TNA doing where it was like the house that people were living in that was out of time and space? Russell House? It was Russell House. Thank you. Yeah. It was so such a weird thing. And I remember emailing somebody at, at TNA being like, this is brilliant. And they're like, I don't think a lot of people like it. I'm like, no, keep doing it forever. I love it so much. It's. So I just had bizarre. somebody tell me. I just had somebody tell me like they should bring back Wrestle House. <laughs> they should. It's. I I like, and this is my perspective. I know it's not all wrestling fans, but I like when people in companies take chances on things that might not work, things that might be too silly, and if they don't lean in, like you were mentioning, into that silliness, it's not going to work the whole way. I feel like Wrestle House worked. Because everyone was just like, screw it, let's go. Commit. You gotta commit. I I I, I will give the, the big companies have pushed that a little bit. A little bit. Like I I'll give big credit to WWE on um that the COVID WrestleMania, the Cena Bray Wyatt yeah. fever dream. I I love it. I still love it. I I I you know I like that kind of a thing in the cinematic matches, which I'll give a huge ton of credit to like Matt Hardy with the d- deletion stuff oh, that he yeah. did in TNA. Um, kind of thing like that really pushed an entire genre. I mean, you got yes. everybody's doing like we just watch again, we just watched another one between Orange Cassidy and Stokely Hathaway for from 2019, I think, for the IWTV. Like they fight over the IWTV title or something like that. And like again, so even independently, people are doing cinematic matches. Yeah, and, and and with technology being better and better and more accessible all the time, people are able to do that even in a smaller scale. So like, yeah, people like people taking those chances. I believe it is again with any art form, you've got to take those chances. Yeah, and there ha- it's happening to your point at a far higher level. I think outside of those main companies because they they have they're they've got whether it's board of directors or shareholders or whatever they're, they're trying to be as broad as they can be which i understand but that means just like with film there's a lot you know great independent film theater black box theater stuff like that go out and see there's some the coolest most interesting stuff sometimes in any given art is happening on the fringes you know yes. what i mean and yeah. that that's the same goes for wrestling and in, in out in the independence uh and everything like that you know like the whole there's there's always the promos these days from from the big guy and i get it they're taking their easy lumps and whatnot um especially the established guys when, when somebody does come up from the independence like oh i was wwe champion when they were in bingo halls right like yeah. that's the, that's the <laughs> that's old that's the old adage yeah 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 <laughs> i get it. it's an it's an easy it's an easy shot but i'm like you know what the coolest shit is happening in bingo halls mm-hmm. i want to like take that power back like you're damn right armories and bingo halls and parking lots you know what i mean 
That's where sometimes some of the coolest, weirdest, strangest, most interesting things are happening in pro wrestling. Yeah, I, I did stand-up comedy for years, and all of my best memories are BFWs, uh, a cosmetology school we performed at. So weird. No yeah. one was drunk. Everybody was sober, but still like one of my favorite shows. And then like weird charity fundraisers that I was super pumped about where they'd bring out sick people at the end and you would just feel bad about like, I have to make people laugh all night and now they're bringing out people yeah. with the disease. And I feel kind of awful about like some of the things I've said, but have you, I assume then have you heard it's pretty fair, the Berbiglia bit about doing like the, the charity thing. I don't think so. Oh, I, I forget what it, it, it's, it just sounds very similar. There is an idea like, one of these things he tells a story about he was doing a charity event and like he make basically one of these he makes this gag or whatever and of course like you refers to somebody in the audience i forget exactly what oh it yeah, 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 yeah and like it's the other thing they have the disease or something like that so it's just like this dreadful moment kind of thing <laughs> like that um so yeah yeah but yeah uh, i all those weird little places though that's where all the most interesting things often happen yeah yeah i mean like I have so many stories of like, I, I know a lot of people in the wrestling world know him, but Marty DeRosa and I mm -hmm. uh, doing like shows in basements where it says no moshing. And you're very confused as why am I in this person's basement? And why are there signs that say no moshing? And then also like shows I did with Marty were we're at a place called Tilted Kilt, which is Hooters, but grosser as I yep, put it. Like, yep, it's yep, it's yep. just very misogynistic and sexist and you just feel gross yeah. stepping in. Like those are some of my best memories are like doing shows with him and a few other people where you're, you're really invested in the crowd. Again, this is so much, there's so much crossover in comedy and wrestling. You're invested oh, yeah. in crowd, making sure they're comfortable, having a good time. Even if you're surrounded by some of the weirdest stuff in the world. Yes. hundred percent. Hey, let's transition over to Twitch. Cause I, okay. that's what I want to talk about. Cause I like, I like the fact that you're, you're streaming that you have made a name for yourself outside of wrestling within the world of streaming. And then you also have like a discord with 700 people in it or something. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Where are we at? Where are we at? I have it open right now. I don't even know how many we have. Uh, um, I have the discord open. I think too. Cause I'm also in it like a real weirdo. Yeah. We've got 130, 130 people, people on. Yeah. Where's the, where did it say 700? 570. Yeah. 570 off. So yeah. Yeah. Right around, right around 700. How do, wow, how do you build this? That's a dumb question. You have no <laughs> idea? I just woke up one day and it happened. Um, yeah, I woke no. up, there was a Discord, and everyone was in it. So, um, no, it was... Um, I mean, streaming started over uh, after my release and in the middle of COVID when, you know, we were stuck in here. Uh, big shout out to Xavier Woods, who kind of piqued my interest with it. And um, he had already been doing... He'd went, he was another early adopter uh, before everyone in the and their mother tried Twitch in 2020 and 2021. That's me. Um, <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, because it was there and there was nothing else. And uh, so he and he helped kind of like give me like really quick tips on on setting it up. And it started with literally I oh, I'm gonna have to dig up the photo. I, I bring it out every so often because uh, my first ever streaming setup was. The desk I had in this office, which has totally changed, mm -hmm. that had my PlayStation 4, the PlayStation camera, the TV from my bedroom that I would like unhook and pull pull off the mount, 
off the wall and bring it in here. And uh, like the world's cheapest gaming headset with the with the little <laughs> microphone. And yeah, I streamed directly from my PS4, you know, via the whatever the integration PlayStation had with Twitch on my crap. Yeah, crappy little uh, PlayStation camera. And I remember I played, uh, I tried to play GTA 5 online for about 20 minutes and I had no idea what was going on. And then I played like Untitled Goose Game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and so stuff. much fun. And like, yeah, and again, I just told people, I was like, hey, well, you know, I'm going to be home a lot. I'm going to be doing this. So if you guys want to come and hang out, come and hang out. And then I just, I started like with any, same thing with wrestling, man. Same thing happened to me with whiskey. It was one of those things where it was like, I think if I really get into something, Mm -hmm. I can't just like, I have a really hard time with a few of a few exceptions, just being a fan. And I think it's kind of a problem sometimes. I'm like, all right, well, how can I do this? Like, do it as a as a gig as a side hustle as as a project like how can i like participate in this industry as opposed to just like i just like doing this or i just like this so like i started following content creators and and learning things i'm also just a big i do i'm a big geek with like with 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 toys with equipment i like like the consoles and 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 peripherals and and i got i was starting to get into like what microphone is the best what what software do you do you is good to stream with all this stuff cameras lighting uh, what I just, I geek out about that stuff. Yeah. So I, I would learn more and more and very quickly, um, you know, I moved from that to, you know, I remember I had, I got an iMac for the first time <laughs> since like elementary school when they had iMac, like the original giant, like blue, yeah, and, yeah. like iMacs that they like are, I remember it was such a huge deal in our like elementary school when the computer lab got iMacs and we could play Oregon trail on those. Um, <laughs> But I got like one of those new IMAXs. It was like, I, cause I'm like, I needed a computer because WWE took my computer away. Because <laughs> I, I was still working. have my old work computer. I forget. Oh no, right back there. They, yeah, I was wondering because it was like I got I got released and I was doing commentary at the time. So they had yeah. sent me a computer to do um, if I needed to do like remote recording stuff. I they use like GarageBand or whatever to record audio. Oh yeah, and all this stuff, and we would do like our team uh, VOD review and stuff on there. And so like I was released and there was like, a couple of weeks and like nobody had said anything. So I was like, I'm like, eh. I'm like, it's WWE. They got millions. Maybe they don't care if I have this MacBook pro or whatever. So I, I kept doing all my computing on there. And then like one day I just get a thing in the uh, a empty pa- box in the mail. I was like, please uh, place laptop in this bag and seal <laughs> it up. Like here's your return label. And I was like, Shit. <laughs> so I had to get my own computer. Come on, um, please just let me keep it. <laughs> Yep, I'm like, come on, the one thing, man. I'm like, it's probably used. It's probably you're probably out a thousand bucks. Like, you just had your biggest quarter everywhere after firing me. So, like, come on, man. But no, so I got it. I remember I got an iMac. I was like, all right, because I'm like, the best way to stream. Everyone says is like, you need you to have overlays and all that stuff, and so you need a computer to run side by side. So I did that, and then I'm like, then I learned I'm like, oh wait, Macs suck for streaming. At least at the time they did. So I was like, all right. So I literally sold that to a guy via Craigslist off the side of the road. And I gave it to him at a park outside. Real sketchy. Real sketchy. And then I, and then I got my first PC. And then, oh, my God, getting into all the PC stuff and everything. I just I, I fell in love with all that stuff. And now I have this monstrosity that's in front of me now. And um, just kept plugging away. And I, I, just, I found a couple of games that I really, really loved because that's what I wanted to settle in. At first, I was I was very much like, and I know Adam Cole's like this, um, 
my streaming thing is I really didn't want to talk about wrestling. Yeah. Like yeah. I was happy to acknowledge it. I wasn't like, screw you, but I was like, oh, you know, hey, oh, I watched you wrestling. Cool. Thanks, man. Anyway, we're, you know, we're playing Overwatch here and stuff like I really wanted to kind of keep it on that because I was really discovering a whole new uh love of things that I didn't have before that I or that was under um kind of under I didn't really explore a lot before. Yeah. So and then through that, I just I made connections in other communities and like there was a lot a lot of cool cross not like a shit load but like a lot of cool crossover with gaming and wrestling there's like yes. again it's wrestling at the again as much of it as it is like a sport like it's a big nerddom yes right like in yeah. like track like trekkies like comic book fans like video game fans like wrestling fans they're their own little it's a subculture it's kind of a nerdy subculture because yeah there's characters there's lore throughout some of these you know companies that are very you know wwf has its own lore and, and all that stuff so there there is that kind of like-mindedness between again like like gaming fans and wrestling fans so seeing that crossover w- w- was cool and it just it just kept going and i kept i kept growing and um like anything like it's, it's had its ups and downs but like i still like doing it and, yeah. that, and that's the most important thing and uh i i've found this really cool like a small, I w- I'm a small streamer, but like a cool, like with any, a tight knit community. Yeah. Um, of really cool people with it, within my, within my little group here. So it's, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. Yeah. I, I, I tried, I'm still trying, but I okay. kept picking up, I kept picking up contract jobs and I'm like, well, sure. money comes first, but I found like a 10 to 11 people who were there every time people that hated wrestling that would watch me create wrestlers. Or like, yeah. they don't like Fall Guys, but all I would do is play Fall Guys and get mad. You know, like, yeah. that's what I've loved about, I guess, Discord and streaming is that you do find that tight-knit community and they glob onto you. And for the most part, they're all so nice. Yep. You occasionally get one asshole. But... Sure. So like that, and that's one of those, in, in, in a community like that, like in, at, in the internet at large, like on Twitter, there's, you know, you can't really do it, right? right? Everyone's you, an asshole on Twitter. Everyone's point. an asshole. And like you block them, but they find ways around and Elon Musk doesn't delete anybody, but yeah. you know, whatever. But like in, in communities like this, where it's your, like I get to, this is my discord. I can curate it how I like your, mm-hmm. your, your Twitch uh, channel in theory is, is, is the, it's a very similar thing. So it is like, when those assholes do come up and you're right. I mean, considering how many people have kind of just come through my stream, I can count on all right, over the past three and a half years. I maybe not, maybe not less, but I think like less than 10 times, the number of people where I had to straight up like, Oh, troll, like ban, get out. Like yeah. most people it's either they're great. 90% of the time, 7% of the time, there's somebody who comes in with the wrong attitude and they get, they get checked or whatever by me or my mods or other people in the community who are like, Hey, knock that off. And they do. And they chill out. Or like I said, there's the two or 3% that are just there to troll or there to be a jerk. And you just buy, and then they're gone. They're banned. So you can curate your community, which is what I like about those platforms. Yeah. I I enjoy the, uh, for me, it's 10% of people that come in to promote something else they're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell my mods all one mod. I tell my mod all the time, like, let them promote. Like, I don't care. This is oh, such okay. a small community. Sure. Like, let everybody promote everything. Like, especially with Twitter becoming the cesspool that it is. Like, where do you promote anymore? Everything's yeah. so separate. Of course. So, like, I don't care if ten people are watching my stream. Let you promote whatever service you do. I don't care as long as it's yeah. not a scammer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or anything that personally like offends you or anybody else or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a prince in Nigeria. I have 15 million <laughs> USD. Please click this link <laughs> and we'll send you a million dollars to hold on to. How are you enjoying just uh, kind of full-time broadcasting at this point, but you know, being on commentary. I, I, I really do love it. I like, I, I have found like, as like, I, I probably shouldn't say this because it, it, it'll and don't say it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, um, as I've, cause I recently got back and I took a little break from wrestling yeah. and I've recently got back into it. I started doing a couple bookings with my old tag partner, Simon Gotch, as well as a couple singles stuff. And I still do have fun. Um, wrestling and and that that was my whole edict coming into this most recent one i was like i'm not out here to try to like prove anything or like it's i mean i don't i no longer have that chip on my shoulder that, that a lot of guys have when they get let go from wwe is like you know they pigeonholed me they didn't really let me to spread my wings as a wrestler i'm going to show the world what i can do kind of thing i had that on my shoulder briefly afterward and i think maybe when i first started with impact and i was wrestling um but between the time I spent in commentary at WWE, which I really loved, I, tr- I truly, truly did. Um, and then, then the tra- stuff I've done with New Japan and now with Impact, I really enjoy it. And like, I sometimes, sometimes I wrestle and I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like, and I just, I physically, I'm, also, I'm like, man, I don't know if I should do this today. <laughs> like, <laughs> and stuff like that. So what I found and wrestling still sometimes makes me nervous to like a negative degree. And, and, and that bugs me. And I, I feel shame about that. Cause I'm like, man, dude, you've done this on TV. You've done this on TV for multiple years. Like you're good at this. Like you can do, like, I don't know why you're so nervous about this. You can do this, <laughs> but like, I, I still do even at like independent shows. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going through my head. I'm like, all right, what? Don't, 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 don't mess up. Don't remember your spots. Remember this is the go home and, and all that stuff. And I, that's always gotten me. I'm like, no, it it never took away like I still had a lot of fun going out in there and doing some of the stuff, but man, like that stress and that anxiety happened a lot, and it still yeah. it still does. Even dude, I wrestled a show for like thirty people this past weekend in the UK, and like I still before the curtain, I'm like I had a lot of not unmanageable anxiety, but like anxiety. I'm like, which I just I was like, I to the point where sometimes it hurts the excitement. Yeah, and um, I have found with announcing while the 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 kind of thrill of being like in that spotlight in the match you know what i mean is is lessened so you don't you don't have as much of that like adrenaline uh rush there i feel like i have almost the same level of excitement for the show that i did as a wrestler with 20% if not less of the anxiety and stress cuz i go out That's there one great. uh cuz it's like i i get go out there like I have notes, but it, it is fine by this. I feel much more confident doing this as yeah. if you can't tell people when I go start rambling and if you come to a stream, there's a reason I, I, I enjoy streaming. I like talking. I always wanted to do that more, man. Like I, when I was doing this stuff with Rusev day, I'm like, I, yes, I, I love doing the singing intro. I'm like, I would have loved to actually talk for him more because I love cutting promos. I love talking. I like, I do not get nervous at all doing that's the, the wild thing is the number of guys I've met who are like, dude, put me out there for 20 minutes. Absolutely. But man, if you put, if I'm given a promo, I'm lost. Just shut down at that point. They, they, or they, they, they're there. Cause they're, they have a trouble remembering lines. Like they can wrestle like that, but like, oh, like now I got to think about lines and like points. What, like what we're trying to do. Like that is where I thrive. 
I'm like, well, it's, I mean, that's, you know, having a degree in theater. It, no. it, it doesn't help. Like, again, or it doesn't hurt. But yeah, like, it's funny how, like, I started off wanting to be like, like, anyway, I wanted to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? I wanted to be the yeah. guy coming out, beating people up, hitting the, hitting the music, wrestling the 20 minute main events. Then at some point, I'm like, I want to be Paul Heyman. Yeah. It's got to, that's what I'm like, like, no, again, maybe the, the spotlight this isn't as big, but I mean, like to have a career like that, I want to go out and talk and be respected for my promos and for the way I put people over and the stories I tell. And like, that gives me so much joy and thrill. And so like when doing the commentary thing ended up kind of being a similar idea. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. And I can do it. And like, I can have a page of notes and that's great. Or I can fly by the seat of my pants and that's great. And that, when I have great partners, it's so awesome. And I, I remember, I will never, ever, ever forget. Right after the Rusev Day stuff, they split us up. Of course, they have nothing for me because I was not seen as uh, the key part of that group. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm immediately off, kind of off TV. But I'm also, I'm like, I'm not booked on house shows because they, you know, there's just no uh, place for me on those. And I remember being really depressed at that point. Um, and I would only go to TVs because they have TVs they fly everybody to, regardless of whether you're booked or not. They just have yeah. their all hands on deck. And I had those classic show up to sit in catering days, right? And yeah. I tried for a while. For a while, I tried pitching. You know, the old pitch writers. Hey, I've got this idea for this. I got this idea for this. But you find out more and more how little power uh, staff writers have, and yep. and everything like that. So, so uh, yeah, I had a lot of really depressing week. Like I hate for the first time, I hated going to the airport. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, which that was, it was a stupid little thing. But for me, when I started traveling with WWE, I, I, I loved it. As stressful as travel is, I got giddy over it. Yeah. Anytime we leave for a loop of house shows and then TV is like, oh, it was cool. I felt so cool because I looked up to that kind of thing as a kid. I was like, to travel for a living was mind blowing. To have yeah. somebody is flying you somewhere. I'm not buying a ticket. They're paying for me to go to California, to go to New York, to go into Canada, to whatever it got. And then God from overseas. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, even I remember I would get jealous of like, even fucking like, I don't know, like lawyers who got to do that. You know what I mean? Like people or like, or, you know, people who just who get to do it for business, which I found incredibly boring, but um, as a job, but I'm like, it's just so cool that you get to like get flown places yeah. For, for a living. So like I, even if I was just like, eh, I know I'm just doing house shows this week and wrestling Breezango for the 18th, you know, thousand times, which <laughs> I don't say that is a bad thing. I, I love them. A, yeah. I, I, I work with them so much at GameSpot. Like we would constantly have them in the studio. We'd oh. fly them out to San Francisco to have them like, Hey, you guys be, I'd produce the segments. I'm like, just be on video. Just, just talk. I yeah. don't care what you do. It's going to be gold. Yeah. So, but no, it's, but I would have a lot, there were a lot of those guys or teams that you would like, you would wrestle a bunch. So you're like, all right, we're doing this again. That never got repetitive to me. I loved it. I loved flying out and all this stuff, but it, it got to a point where, yeah, I was, it's like, I was, I was depressed because I was sad walking through O'Hare airport. I'm like, I'm going to go get there. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I remember I was like, I'm going to land. I'm going to have to order food which is going to have to be like Uber Eats. So it's going to be like twice as much as it's supposed to be. It's going to cost me 40 bucks to order McDonald's. Uh, I'm going to go to the show. I'm going to be nothing but catering. I'm, a, nobody, I'm not going to be able to get a chance to talk to X, Y, and Z. And like, if you weren't on TV, like your payment, your, like your payday was pretty low. It was like a bare minimum payment. And so I was like, 
That's a lot of people who are like, even, even though you're a WWE guy, like you got like 500 bucks to go to TV and that's it. And then I'm like, well, I had to rent a car to drive to the building. I got to order some food. So I'm like, all right, well, there's a hundred bucks, 150 bucks out of my thing. So like you work for WWE and you made 300 bucks that week. Yeah. It's kind of demoralizing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I just, and it, the, the biggest thing going through my head and I didn't mean for this to get so sad, but, no, uh, I mean, but it, it's, it's explained. This show is about yes. existential crisis and grief, mostly yes. mine, but I'll take yours. <laughs> okay. Yes. Please suck up like all my, all my uh, sadness and uh, grief here, but uh, no, but is that, it's good. Cause it, it, this is the impetus for other things. The biggest thing to me though, was I was like, it's not that I like, I remember kept telling myself and it's true. Like, it's not that I'm not like a top guy. Yeah. I can do it's a circus. There's, there's an act for everybody. I get, it was just, uh, I'm not contributing. Like, I'm not even getting, I'm not even working dark matches. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm like, I would like to be a part of the show. I'm like, I, this is what, I'll be somebody's manager. I'll, I'll be somebody, you know, I'll be, I'll be the valet. I'll be, I'll, I'll interview people kind of thing. I'm like, I want to contribute to the, this feels like nothing right now. It's just, yeah. it's, it's demoralizing. And so when Tom, uh, Tom Hannafin called me, who was, it was Tom Phillips at WWE. And he was kind of behind the scenes was kind of overseeing the announcing department. He, he called me and was like, hey, man, I was like, I know, like, you're doing a little bit less because I, I've always thought you'd be good at commentary. You know, you're, you're always a, such a great speaker, such a well-spoken person. I, why don't you come down and give it a, give it a try? And it's funny because I think and I think I've told him this. He tried to do that with me in NXT because mm -hmm. he was for, he was first an announcer for NXT. And he would do that. He'd try to grab some of the guys like, hey, I think you might be good at this. Why don't you come in the booth with me and do some stuff? And at the time, I very much remember being like, okay uh i'm a wrestler you know that kind yeah, of yeah kind of vibe like you're like oh this is like almost like aware like this is a scam to get me out of the ring like right like and i'm <laughs> only you know i'm right in the middle of like my my vaudevillain or like aiden english run and i think like things are going pretty well and i'm like I'm, I'm not wasting time doing that and uh totally like either arrogant or just being just being stupid again but worried in that like you're not taking my i'm not taking time away from the in ring to like to do so i don't want you had you had this stupid stupid mindset of like this is this is ammunition to get them to take me out of the ring you're so close-minded that you don't see it as oh i'm adding skills to my resume i'm yeah. adding things like no at the time you're so tunnel visioned on like i gotta be a champion i gotta be this that it's only wrestling 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 yeah and if anything takes you away if they want you to like oh Hey, can you do, can you interview so-and-so for this? Like, oh, they want, they want me to be an interviewer. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do but, that. But is it, is it that stupid when like you're, you've worked to a pinnacle of, you know, you're on television, you're doing NXT and yes, you do have tunnel vision, but like, you're so close to that dream you've been working so hard for that. Like, of course you want to work harder at that. And of course you don't want sure. to add other skills. Cause like, you're just so focused on being the best in the ring, the best character you can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then that, is, that is what it is, but fast, uh, fast forward. And like, I think I was at that point where, again, like I said, my big thing was like, I'm not, I'm not contributing. And then I, so what's, you know, if, if you're, you believe in God or everything, when closes the door, opens a window kind of situation. Right. Um, the wrestling stuff was really hitting the skids, right? And everything like that. I was trying everything I could and it was really hitting the skids. And so Tom came here and opened a window and I was like, you know what? Sure, let's do it because I'd really like to try something new. I'd like to see if I can contribute in another way. 
And I remember, I remember going down to the performance center and doing one like in the booth recording thinking I'll never do, or I'll do that. I'll do this maybe next year again, yeah. you know, like, Oh, cause if it went okay, we'll do it maybe another time, but then getting a meeting with Cole then literally the next week. And he's like, we'll put you on two Oh five live. And like the minute I started working with Vic Joseph and Nigel McGinnis, I fell in love with the art of it. They, they were, I don't know if I wouldn't have worked with those guys. And then having Tom as well, like as a kind of our, over, our manager or overseer or whatever, kind of yeah. in that helping us guiding us through that. I don't know that I would have stuck with it, but working with those guys, especially it was such a fun dynamic and they were so kind and so cool. And we bonded so quickly that um, it, it made me fall in love with all of it. And so all that to say the most long-winded answer ever to your original question of like, I, I really like it. That's my, I tell everybody, because a lot of people are like, hey, you're doing the VOD Villains again. When we're, Are we going to see you guys on TNA? Oh, I'd love to see the Drama King and AEW and everything like that. I was like, look, I'll go anywhere, potentially, if they want me as a broadcast. Wow. I think that's where I fit. I think that's where I fit long-term. I think that's where my value is added to any place the most at this point in my career. I, I still like wrestling. Like I said, I, I'm taking these bookings to have some fun, to enjoy, you know, perform for these crowds that I, that I've loved doing it for. But like my long-term focus is still and being the best broadcaster I can be. Yeah. That's, uh, that's perfect for you. Uh, this isn't the ass kiss show. I want to know, I want people that I'm interviewing to know they are appreciated. I'm not trying to kiss ass. No, you can kiss my ass. That's okay. Okay, okay fine. I'm going <laughs> to kiss, I'm gonna kiss your ass then. You've got a good voice and you're in your quick on the mic. That's perfect. That's all you need. Yeah. That's not all you need to be a great no, Right, right, right. But, but they're two key things. Yes. Yes. So you've made a great decision. You know, it, yes, you still wrestle, but it is a, per, to me, it's a perfect transition for you as uh, someone who's watched you. God, again, this sounds stalkery as hell, but as someone who's watched you grow on television. <laughs> we need to end this interview now. No, this all stays in. <laughs> everything even me no i need to leave for my safety i mean is what i'm saying <laughs> hey what are you doing later we kind of live near each other <laughs> oh shit oh hey let's just end the show there there you go there we go oh matt's very uncomfortable hey no. uh plug all your things uh oh wait you're serious oh okay oh, um, no, you want to keep going well, you you were you were starting a thought. So you were gonna kiss my ass. Oh, that's right. I was. I was saying it was a kiss my ass. Then we can end the show. Okay. Yes. Perfect transition for you. You are great on commentary. Uh, you're much better than you think you are at singing. Uh, <laughs> Aiden English was a wonderful character. Thank you for that. You're great on comment. I I I can't kiss okay, ass I'll anymore. I'm done. I'll, I'll take that. I'll I'm take done. that. No, I I appreciate it. And yes, it's it's felt very right and very natural. And so I'm I'm very happy doing it. But um. Yeah, no, it's it's been an absolute blast. And it, I will say this, there's also, man, chemistry is a huge thing too. And when you get in any kind of broadcast booth, I imagine, you know, news anchors and stuff are the same way. So I've been very lucky with some wonderful partners. So a huge shout out to, McCur to Tom Hannafin, who is my partner over at Impact TNA right now. Um, that was such a lucky get for them to get him. Yeah. And then when he came in and they asked me to, to join him, I was like, hell yeah. And like, we, we've kind of both, just probably shouldn't put the but we kind of both said like i don't want to do this with anyone else kind of at this yeah. point so like let's we have each other's back and like let's let's keep this train going and everything like that so that chemistry is huge i've been loving it now now you can plug <laughs> all of the things um all of yeah them. 
no uh i appreciate it uh i'm i'm kind of i hop around a little bit everywhere of course you can the easiest thing to do is drama king matt on virtually everything um that's the twitch that's the instagram that's the twitter that's the uh tiktok that is the i think that's mainly youtube technically but i've kind of left that alone for now but uh yeah pretty much everywhere drama king matt or we didn't even touch on it wrestling with whiskey if you are yes. if you are into spirits and, and whiskey in particular i'm a big nerd about that as well um so i talk about that i have an instagram and uh, a formerly active youtube uh as well as a tiktok for that as well so if you're a nerd of whiskey and stuff like that go check it out so drama king matt wrestling with whiskey come hang out well thank you for coming on and hanging out uh 20 minutes past the time we were supposed to talk <laughs> hey like i said i'm a talker i li- yeah. i do it for a living so like yeah you get me going i'm gonna keep going well, thank you for coming on and I won't see you next week, but I'll see the people listening next week. They can hear me. I mean, unless you're watching me through the window because you apparently watch me all the time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no one out there. I, I checked. There you go. <laughs> hey, thanks to Matt for coming on the show. There was no intention to talk about wrestling this much for the entirety of the time, but uh, that's how it went. I don't know if you know this, I have zero plans going into each episode of this show, and I'm just trying to have conversations with friends. Completely different than my interview style at GameSpot, where I had, like, specific questions I had to ask people. This show is just me going, hey, let's hang out and just chit-chat. But thanks, Matt, for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for... The weird comments about me stalking you, not true at all, but very, very funny to me as I was editing the show and realized, like, oh, this is pretty funny stuff. Anyway, opening song is called Gilded Age by The Muggles. Singer Tom Wanderer, guitarist William Ash, bassist Andrew DeParks. Uh, it's Andrew Parks, but in my phone he's Andrew DaParks. And the drummer, the drummer is me. Uh, stay tuned next week more episodes next week's my uh, the silliest episode it's the very first episode of Movie Mayhem it'll feature Chris Hayner one of my closest friends and uh, another one a person that's become a friend AEW Serpentigo and we're watching the movie blank check and discussing it I'm so pumped about it please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts I also have if you are a paid subscriber to Substack a new uh, offshoot of I Just Want to Talk to Friends called I Read, in which I read things that you can read for free online, but you get my voice and my tone in uh, writing format. Tom Wander is screaming so loud during this song. Uh, you can buy this album, uh, muggles.bandcamp.com. It's on vinyl, and it's fantastic. It's, you know, we recorded it in 2003. It came out last year. This year, it came out 2023, and I've already talked over the song. That's great. Muggles.bandcamp. It's only available on vinyl. I think it's digital too. I don't know. We'll see you next week. I'm going to shut up.